0: The Snow Only Property Podcast. Brought to you by Snow Only, the world's largest ski property platform. The only dedicated ski property podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Lightfoot from Snow Only. In episode one, I'm talking to Gareth Jeffries from Alpine Property. Alpine Property has been established for over 20 years and can provide some invaluable information for anyone considering buying a ski property. Gareth talks about the current property trends in France and gives us some top tips on buying your dream ski property. The Snow Only Property Podcast, brought to you by Snow Only, the world's largest ski property platform. Mountains of property at snowonly.com. Hey Gareth, welcome to the Snow Only Property Podcast, episode one, very exciting. Let's get on with some questions. First of all, can you tell me a little bit about Alpine property? When did it start? Which areas do you specialise in? Where are you at the moment?
1: We started in um, 1999, specialising in uh, Morzine and the Port de Soleil it was a a meeting between an established estate agent and uh the boss steve norris who knew how to uh, build a website and and she she said oh i've heard about this 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 web thing and he said oh i could build you a website and um that's what he did put properties on
0: 1999 well that's 22 years old now
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, and um, it was it was easy peasy for us because we pretty much had the first website um, selling selling property, um, certainly in Morzine and, and to a certain extent in in the Alps.
0: Were there established real estate agents in in the in the valley already, or yes, or, but they didn't have yes. websites.
1: They just didn't have websites, um, and so you know the local agencies with the bricks and mortar with the the, the windows um they carried on working for for French people who were visiting who were on holiday but uh, we immediately found a a a British market who uh, who were starting to use the web and discover that they can they could browse properties um, online bef- before they visited
0: that's interesting because I mean we've got lots of other questions but that's really interesting to me so how has that? Has that changed much as we've kind of moved forward or are there still agents that rely very much on walk-in traffic? I mean, everyone's got their websites now, but you obviously invest money into your website to, to, to generate traffic, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we've, we've been all about the web from the beginning. Um, I got involved in the, the year 2000 and um, I've been their their IT guy and then I've become their marketing guy um from from then so we've we've always built alpine property from the point of view of the internet which certainly to start with put us a, a huge advantage to the to, to, to the local agents they've slowly caught up and covid has has finally has finally pushed them over and and and, and now um they've they've all got decent websites but it, it has taken till till covid for them to 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 finally go Um, you know now now we 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 will take it seriously because they had no choice Um, yeah yeah they had no walk-in customers
0: yeah yeah that's very true interesting so what advice would you give to someone whether they've come in through the website or or into your office what advice would you give to someone who is considering buying a ski area in the areas that you sell. Now, you don't, obviously, you said Morzine before, but how many how many resorts do you kind of specialise in now?
1: So since then, we've slowly uh, organically grown, um, and we now cover the, the Haute Savoie. So that's the department um, which covers all the skiing within an hour or so of Geneva Airport. Um, so um, Chamonix, Roger Saint-Gervais, um, there's the Mont Blanc area, then there's um, the Aravi, which is uh, La Cruza, and the Grand Bonon, that's near Annecy. Um, then there's the, the Grand Massif, which is uh, saint Le Le Carreau, um, Flen, not so much in Flen. Uh, then there's the Port de Soleil, which uh, is, uh, is where I live, um, which is Leger, Mauzine, uh, Châtel, Saint-Jean-d'Eau. And we, we cover also an area that's between us and um, Lake Geneva, Lake Limon, which is called the um, used to be called the Valley Vert and is now called the Alps de Le Mans. was rebranded by their, their tourist office. That's our thing is the the station de ski, the ski areas um, in, in the haute Savoie.
0: Yeah. I think we'll come back to that actually of your lo- locations because I, I'm in regards to obviously Geneva, um, it makes a huge difference. So, if you had someone considering buying a ski property in the areas that you sell, what advice would you give them currently?
1: The, the advice has always been the same. hasn't really changed, um, which is make the search uh, a part of the pleasure. So come out on holiday and try out a few of our areas. Because people always say to me, you know, which area should I buy in? And, and the answer in response is they're all great. I would live in any of them. They're all lovely. They've all got their pros and cons. um, And we can talk about the the, the pros and cons if you want. But in the end, you've got to go and see which one works for you.
0: I think that's a really good point, actually. I have the same questions, although obviously we're a, a platform rather than agent. We have the same questions. And my response is always, I'm not you. I have very different needs to my skiing than maybe you do. I don't know who you are or what your family does or what your interests are. So like you said, make the search part of the pleasure, right? I mean, what's bad about going to a ski resort and and having a look around and trying out the ski area and looking at properties? Sounds quite pleasurable Mm -hmm. to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whereas some people, maybe half, have have been thinking about this purchase for a long time and they, they finally make that emotional jump to say right i'm going to do it and then they want to make the purchase soon within a few months yeah um whereas quite often i think it it would make sense to just slow that down a bit um because in reality the average time from someone making the decision they're going to buy um, a second home or, or or a primary home in the alps to actually making the purchase is probably a year and sometimes it's 10 years you know it could be any time between those those two numbers. Um, so there isn't a rush. Um, and yeah, take, take the time. It's a very it's a very emotional purchase. The other thing people say is they, they come at this as an invest, from an investment point of view. And it, it, it isn't really that. It's, it's really an emotional purchase. If you come at it from a pure investment point of view, um, then you're going to be better off investing in a city somewhere or in a in student accommodation or something like yeah. that. The, the investment returns are helpful. There are returns, but um, that, that isn't the primary reason um, that, 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 that people, uh, people buy in our area.
0: Do you think that, saying that before, do you think that, that you said obviously people are generally looking between one and ten years as a buying um, buying timeline, do you think that the impact of COVID has sped up that process, now people are, you know, obviously the dream that they had a bit of time to do it, but now it feels like everything's got a little bit shorter, do you think as that kind of sped up the process, are people a little bit more impulsive, could they be more impulsive this season, do you think?
1: oh absolutely one of our agents put it really succinctly um about a year ago when we were when we were in the middle of covid he said it's given the fence sitters a shove so all those <laughs> all those people that have been thinking about it uh covid gave them that final push and they,
0: they, i'm giving the fence sitters a shove
1: <laughs> yeah and it was it was a perfect analogy. Um, and they flooded. They, had, they arrived. You, you only have to you only have to push 10 percent of those fence sitters. And suddenly there's a, a flood of people that arrives. Um, and that's what's happened. Yeah, um,
0: because it's generally not a primary residence, isn't it? You know, it's not like, you know, it, it's a home that they don't have to have. It's a luxury purchase. So then I imagine you get a lot of fence, fence sitters because they never know the perfect time to do it
1: exactly and, and 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 that is very much the case and especially since um since brexit because um for the we started off mostly selling towards um people that lived in the uk and now um moving lock stock and barrel to the Alps has become harder um so it's yeah that's slightly different we now work 50 50 very much 50 50 between french uh, francophone and uh, anglophone clients that, that changed for us actually in 2007 2008 with the banking crisis that was a that was actually a bigger that was actually a proper crisis for 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 the property business in the Alps we changed our focus from working with Anglophone clients to focusing on francophone clients back then um, and that's that's really worked out for us in, in the last couple of years
0: actually I think you've kind of answered the question that I had next in terms of uh, so I'll, I'll rephrase it a little. So, obviously, the fence sitters are having a shove, which which you nicely put. Do you feel that there's there's kind of a bit of increased momentum for this season, and not just for property purchase, but people's desire to go skiing because that they missed out last season?
1: Yeah, that, that's definitely the case. We're talking. We we're always in contact with the renters and the uh, the hotels. And the, the pressure for this season is, is, is going to be fairly severe, actually. Um, it's a combination of people that missed out on skiing last year that have to make up from, for that as far as they're concerned. And also people with credit notes who, who had holidays booked that have been um, pushed, pushed through to this year. So uh, I think everyone's going to be full. I think everyone's already full.
0: Yeah, uh, actually, I, I've, uh, I've looked the same myself, actually. I, I know that um, people that have been trying to book uh, in some places that are, let's say, more popular have found it quite difficult. So it's, it's good. I'm, um, I'm happy. I just, um, it'll be an interesting season for sure. I noticed that there's a few articles recently that suggested that, I guess, potential sellers are keeping hold of their properties. So there's less properties on the market And obviously where there's less properties and a lot of buyers, like you said, the fence sitters, do you think that maybe the prices are going to go up or what's the general feeling at the moment to the start of the season?
1: Uh, They they have gone up. Uh, They've gone up fairly shockingly, really, over this uh, last six months. When the crisis started, we thought that it it would start a flood of properties onto the market because people would, would want the, um, the, the, the asset that they had tied up, they, they'd need the money. But because of, uh, because of the support all the governments have provided, people haven't needed the money, not in, not in the numbers we expected. And so that's exactly, as, as, as you said, they, they're holding the properties back. They don't need to sell them. Um, they really see, some of them that had them for sale have taken them off the market because they've thought, actually, uh, why am I selling it? Um, they re-evaluated and they've decided to keep it. So yes, very much the case. There are less properties coming on the market. There are more people trying to buy, and the uh, the prices have gone up already.
0: And what's the kind of what's the reaction of the buyers that are there that are um, that are kind of seeing that there's less property? So if a desirable property became available are people just acting quicker are i guess there's do you get multiple uh, buyers for uh, for properties um, is there bidding wars what, what what's the
1: what's the kind of feeling all of that i'm afraid um it's calmed down a little bit since the summer but there was a point in august when we had all of that bidding wars aren't quite the same in france as they are in, in the rest of the world uh because here if, if somebody offers the asking price then the seller's pretty much contracted to sell yeah, to obviously. that person.
0: Yeah, I heard um, that actually that, that that makes a that makes a crazy difference. So if if, yeah, if they meet the asking price, then it sells regardless. There isn't yep. there isn't a situation where say two buyers would ask offer the asking price. What would happen in that situation? Or is that is that very rare?
1: It's 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 very rare. You know, normally not normally I mean, you, you could try and decide between the two based on, on, you know, who maybe if someone needed a mortgage, they'd be a, 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 a lesser prospect. But no, that, that rarely happens. Normally, somebody makes the offer. Um, they sign um, an off the shop, uh, they sign an offer, and, uh, and then they move to signing the, the, the first contract. And once that's signed, they're, they're pretty much tied in. That makes it tricky when it comes to valuation, va- va- valuing a property. Yeah. Because to a certain extent in, in other markets, uh, when you can bid in the way you're describing, uh, then you know, the, the market is deciding the price. Whereas here, a combination of the, the estate agent and the owner decides the price. So that tends to mean that the, the, the prices don't inflate at quite the same speed as as they might in 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 London or or, or a city, um, but saying that, what happens is the owner and the estate agent to need to hedge their bets a bit and 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 maybe overprice.
0: Understood.
1: Uh, do you see? Because other, otherwise, you know, if you if you get four people all trying to buy the same property all all over the same weekend, it leaves you thinking, ah, we, maybe we didn't put the right price on that yeah. so you want yeah. to avoid you want to avoid that um and so yeah you can get some pretty wild pricing in there
0: I do like the way that there is an obligation to sell if they meet the asking price I think if you see a desirable property at you know that fits your budget and there's less properties on the market that you can offer that and realize that it doesn't have to go further that someone might outbid you or anything like that what you see is what you get I'm, I really love that concept
1: it is easier I think yeah. Um, for the buyers and if you you get burnt once by by offering underneath the uh the asking price and someone will will offer the asking price and, and then the second time you just go i'll offer the asking price and i'll, I'll, I'll get the property
0: uh, and, and as you said it comes back to it comes back to kind of an investment or a lifestyle purchase. You know, a lot of people buy this to have, you know, the happiness anchors and all that kind of stuff or working from working abroad. And it's, it's generally for the long term, isn't it? To kind of make a life in the mountains. So if it's a difference of five, 10, euros, then it's not going to make a difference in the long
1: term, is it? No, it, it isn't. Uh, and that also plays into whether or not people need to sell. Quite often they bought with spare money so they didn't take out a mortgage or if they did it was only a small one or they had the cash somewhere else Um, and so you know they don't they don't desperately have to sell in that situation.
0: I've spoken to a few agents recently and they said that the buyer's demand for property has changed recently maybe before it was it was apartments now it's chalets and obviously with COVID and people wanting a lot more space hence moving to the mountains are you seeing the um, demand for chalets more or is it still kind of focused on ski and ski out apartments that are maybe closer to the lifts?
1: No, uh, again, I agree. I live in a, in a village uh, which has got a small ski area. Um, before a few years ago, you know, it was the poor relation to the, the, the well-known ski area of Morzine, which is 10 minutes away. Um, and now it's, it seems to be just the sought after um the prices have gone up faster in 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 the villages than they have in in the um in the main um ski resort so to start with i did think that the the rental type properties um were a bit dead in the water because yeah. all the focus was on on the the chalets with space with gardens yeah. um but it's 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 evened up a bit now it's come around again and, and people are valuing the um the, the closeness to the lifts again so it's it, it's a bit more even but there was a period when when no one was asking about um skiing skiing at all
0: well I think that was a lot of people's mindset at the time wasn't it that, that there was such focus on you know distance from people space etc etc but I guess it's come back down to the skiing again
1: yeah to a certain extent oh it's, it's just evened it up we've always said that the, the fundamentals with our area are that um, it's a beautiful place to hang out, to holiday, to live. And there's so much more to it than just the skiing. And and COVID has really proved that um, and has o- opened people's eyes to the area, which has really, really helped us.
0: Do you think that um, obviously COVID has, has had such a bad impact on people, but I guess for the ski industry, do you think it kind of refreshed it a little bit? Do you think that it's kind of in some way kind of helped people remember about the mountains, the, the, the lifestyle, the kind of, I guess, the fresh air, the exercise, the lack of iPads, the lack of computers, and just kind of being in the mountains, enjoying life again?
1: Yes, it has done. And it's also pushed us towards our future because, you know, we are going to have less snow. There, there, there is a, a climate change. Yeah. and and we talk about what are we going to do in the future and people like people like me say well there's no problem you know it's still a mountain it's still a beautiful place yeah. um, it's not all about the skiing and then covid came along and, and all the lifts closed Last season we, we weren't able to go up a ski lift and but yet people came and still enjoyed the place.
0: Yeah, that's that's so, the last point actually. The fact that I mean I've been to places in the summer and, and sometimes the summer's more beautiful than the winter.
1: <laughs> that's 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 another of our favourite little quotes. Um if we had to choose, the people that live here, if we had to choose between the winter <laughs> and the summer. I know you're gonna say. Which which one would we choose? And the, the answer is nine times out of ten is we choose the summer. It's amazing. Well, that's
0: good. I think that's good. It shows that it's all round instead of just four months of the year. Um, it,
1: re- it really is all round. It's not right. just. It's not just marketing.
0: One of the things, obviously a lot of people are now turning their attention to maybe living or at least spending more time in the mountains. Are you starting to get a lot more questions? Obviously, you specialise in an area that's very close to Geneva, which um, for international people that are going on long flights, that makes a huge difference for a shorter transfer. But are you getting questions about um, international hospitals, international schools, fast Wi-Fi? I remember I went one place I can't remember where it was now, maybe La Cluzes, uh where they the accommodation didn't have Wi-Fi, and I could only get pocket Wi-Fi on the mountain. Are you starting to get questions about that in 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 relation to their purchase? Um, just you're going to spend I, time, yeah,
1: yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a blog post during COVID about you know how to work out how good the Wi-Fi is in your property because it's it's the second question after after what's the view like is um is how good's the wi-fi
0: that's funny
1: um so that's it's important it's important for life um but it's also important for the people that are looking to to work out here to to spend uh either live or spend longer periods in the mountains and and they they need to work um and so yeah the, wi- the wi-fi's we're lucky the the roads are being dug up as we speak and they're, and okay. they're putting fiber and
0: Um, and and hospitals and schools and and are you getting many questions about
1: that uh less less uh because most of the focus is on is is on people uh spending long having longer stays as opposed to uh relocating the 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 answer to the hospitals is the the hospital provision um in the um in the valleys and the ski the ski areas isn't as good as it is in the cities you know uh we don't have hospitals up these valleys they're down they're they're, they're down in the cities um but it has been identified by the the government and and they're making quite big changes and so in my in my village in the last few years they put in a a massive medical center they've done the same in morzine Uh, they're doing it all over so it is something they've identified and they're working on
0: it's good to hear for the long-term future right
1: yeah no absolutely so
0: actually, that's funny because it'll bring me on to the question I have for you. What does the future of ski properties look like for you and Alpine property now that are considered a great alternative to the city after COVID? They've always been a great alternative to the city, but I guess after COVID, um, how do you see the future of ski resorts? I guess you've summed it up quite well in terms of dual season or all year round. Um, but what's your kind of take?
1: It's already been discussed. Um... Uh, and and basically kind of COVID has helped because the the big question was would we have a future um, without snow Um, and we've seen that future we've seen we've seen what it's like as it turns out actually we had loads of snow but no ski lifts Um, and and our future was was going to be less snow um, but with ski lifts but we've seen the future and it's fine Um, and so that's good
0: incredibly encouraging Final question, and it's someone that I'll ask everyone uh, in all the episodes of the Snow Owning Property Podcast. If you had, I guess it's a good price, if you had 500,000 euros to spend on a ski property, what would be your preference and why?
1: Uh, Well, for me, it would be a property um, where I live, 10 minutes outside of the ski area uh, with a garden, Five hundred thousand euros will just about buy you a three, four-bedroom chalet. It might be not quite enough anymore. Maybe five, fifty is required. And you know, if you want to go skiing, you can you can drive to any one of half a dozen different um, accesses to the, to the ski area, um, or you can go Randonet, you can go cross-country skiing. You don't have to. It's not all about skiing every day. Um, my neighbors are, you know, all my neighbors are French, and quite a few of them are, are second homeowners, and they might come out and spend a week here and just go skiing once and be really happy with that. So that's me. Some people would say that they 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 want to be closer to the lifts. They want to be able to walk to the skiing every day, and your five hundred thousand euros will will buy you a nice or or two bedroom or or or, or three bedder. Which requires some work, or or always a bit of a walk, a bit more of a walk um, from the skiing. So it depends on the person.
0: Gareth, thank you so much for being on the Snow Only Property Podcast. You can find all of Gareth's properties on SnowOnly.com, and you can contact him via the website. We'll put all his uh, links below. Uh, Gareth, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the snow, the start of the season. Take care.
1: Yeah. Thanks very much.
0: The Snow Only Property Podcast. Brought to you by Snow Only, the world's largest ski property platform. Mountains of property at snowonly.com. The Snow Only Property Podcast is produced by Shark 13 Productions.